Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com, and what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground, and you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold, not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Hey, everybody. Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. We have a special guest today, Sarah Westall, and uh, she has been... uh, knocking it out of the park but in particular in the area of child sex trafficking which we don't bring enough attention to and so someday hopefully because of this report you won't be driving under a bridge and seeing my body hang from it but nonetheless this is what happens when you cover this topic this is high risk two state legislators have been murdered in the last uh, year and a half Um, we know that uh, murders happen all the time to cover this up this is one of the biggest most secretive businesses in the world and I asked Sarah to come on and talk about this. But before we join Sarah, straight from our Noble Gold studios, I have to tell you about Noble Gold. Do you know what the Dodd-Frank law is of 2010? What it basically says is this. When you put your money in the bank, you're an unsecured creditor, and you don't own that money any longer. Now, it's totally an illegal law passed during the Obama administration. But nonetheless, it is the law of the land. So if you have a retirement, if you have a passbook account, and it's connected to the bank, they can take your money anytime they want. The only reason they're not taking it now is because they want you to keep putting the money in. But as they begin to hit the skids in greater frequency and CBDC comes our way, and as Business Insider says the dollar could be recalled at any time, when these things begin to uh, unfold, don't think that they won't use your money to soften their fall. They will. So what do you need to do? Well, you need to get everything out of the bank except for operating capital and you need to really move your retirement that's the hardest to replace your big nest egg what can you do well my friends at noble gold can extricate you from the bank put the put the retirement under your control and back it with gold which has held its value for six thousand years similar strategies apply to your bank account so people say does this really work well let me say it to you this way The federal government wants me to tell you that all investments are inherently risky and past performance is not indicative of future performance. There, I've fulfilled my requirement. Now, I'll answer the question another way. Does it work? I've been advertising for Noble Gold for six years. I've been a customer for five. So, yes, I put my money where my mouth is, and I know that when the poop hits the fan that I'm going to take some hits but not like if I wasn't prepared with Noble Gold. I want to send you a free information packet. No obligation. No one's going to bug you. Noble Gold's number will be on there, and you can call them for advice, to ask questions, or to initiate a relationship like I've done. Noble Gold, you can get this packet by going to davehodgesgold.com. That's davehodgesgold.com. 
and we'll send you out that electronic packet immediately. It just takes about five seconds to fill out the form, and it'll be on your way. You don't have much time. FedCoin is here now. It's going to be finalized by the 25th of July, and that's the precursor to social credit accompanied by central bank digital currency. When that happens, I can't promise you that any company, even including Noble Gold, can help you at that point. You need to act with all due haste. DaveHodgesGold.com Well, Sarah Westall really needs no introduction. She's a frequent guest on our show, and for obvious reasons why. And she has uh, been writing uh, to some degree about child sex trafficking. And, of course, the uh, new movie on child sex trafficking is out. And uh, it is actually uh, paralleling Indy 5. Seriously. Seriously. With 2,000 less theaters, this movie is on a parallel as far as attracting crowds in box office profits with Indiana Jones. Unbelievable. And I'll tell you, this is not the movie that Hollywood wants you to see. It's not the movie that Joe, I shower with my daughter, Joe Biden, wants you to see. They want to keep this in the closet as much as possible. Why do you think the mainstream media never covers it? Ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Westall is here to talk to us about this. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. And I know... We're both putting our life in our hands here with um, regard to this topic, but it's a topic that needs to be talked about. Yeah, well, I've been talking about it for a while, and it's you know it's not something I can just focus focus on exclusively because it's so heart wrenching and hard to it's just hard to deal with. So most journalists that focus on it focus on it in pieces and then go back to it. But for me, it's been a work of passion. I can't let it go, and it's always something because I know I know how important it is, and I know that as a foundation, it's happening everywhere. It's like a foundation to our sick society. You can't have a modern, civilized society and have this as a basis. It, it just, we just can't. And I, I know that. I know that in my gut, in my heart, and I know how evil it is. And so it's something that I have been focused on since 2016, and I've gone back to it, you know, regularly. I can't be my sole focus because I don't think I could live. <laughs> it's too hard. I know. It's way I know. too hard. My, I got. I was really called to attention of this by um, a mentor I had, Bill Pollock, the late Bill Pollock. And uh, he told me they use children to indoctrinate people in government, particularly in Congress, and they get them on film, and then they own their key votes for the rest of their careers. And uh, yep. it's a product of child sex trafficking. And uh, I know a guy wrote a book called The Franklin Scandal about this. It's all well documented. But uh, this has been going on for some time. But what really called my attention to this, Sarah, was the case of Nancy Schaefer, a Georgia state senator who was ousted by the pedophile lobby uh, from her position. She went to the lecture circuit, and she was awaiting her time to go on Alex Jones' show on InfoWars when she was murdered. Oh, excuse me. She was murdered by her husband, who committed suicide by shooting himself in the back. Oh, yeah. it's that They don't want this information getting out there. Uh I had a six-part series with Detective Rothstein, or Jimmy Boots, who took down more pedophiles in this country than anyone or in the world. He His his story is absolutely phenomenal, and his informant was Roy Cohen. For people who don't know who Roy Cohen is, 
he was Donald Trump's mentor back in the 80s. He was a really interesting character that had half of D.C., had generals and admirals and all sorts of people blackmailed with child pedophilia. And he was um, a victim himself growing up, grew up in an orphanage. But later <coughs> in life, he turned his life around and became a child advocate and was a different person. Um, I suppose everybody can recover. And he became a Jimmy Boots or Detective Rothstein's main informant. And he also was Trump's mentor at that time. And so he knew a lot. He was a very hardened person who also decided to help children and it's an amazing story but what we learn from that is that the majority of people 80 i mean rothstein says 80 to 90 percent of people in political power are blackmailed in some fashion usually this fashion you know i i coined the term blackmail is the currency of the powerful back in 2016 when we did we what we did is we published a his interview one it was a six-part series and we published a chunk of it in this book called the great awake qan on the great awakening i didn't even know what qan was but i knew that we needed to get this human trafficking information out there that book was number one in 16 and got me labeled a QAnon conspiracy theorist, which, fine, I'm like, whatever. It, it, it was terrible. It, I suffered a lot because of that, but getting that information out to the public was more important than my reputation. And But what we learned, or what he was saying to me, and is that 80 to 90% of the people are blackmailed in these political roles. They aren't necessarily all children. Some of it can be they can be blackmailed in lower, lesser degrees. But if the lesser degrees doesn't work, then they use children. And children always works. And these people know if they want to move up in power, they have to be blackmailed in some way. It's a mutual agreement. And that's what we're dealing with. And the people like Cynthia McKinney, you may not agree with her politics, but she wasn't blackmailed. She wouldn't cave. The people who are not easy, cannot be bought and stick to their principles are the ones they target and get, get out. I mean, she was smeared and they restructured the, the, you know, they did the territories, the political territories so that she would lose her campaign. And uh, it was probably fixed as well. But, People who stick to their morals and principles and they can't be blackmailed, they can't be bought, are the ones that they work to smear and get out of the system. And that's how that's what we're dealing with, Dave. That's why we're in the situation we're in. That's why it's so important to take care of this problem. It, well, there's multiple reasons why it's important to take care of this problem. Taking care of this problem is important because it's the right thing to do. And our society is decaying from the bottom up. But we also are in this situation because the leaders in our country are all involved. That's why it's hidden. No one will talk about it. Every uh, law enforcement agency in the country is supporting it or protecting it. There are good people in law enforcement, but when it gets too close to the fire, they're told to stand down. And I've had many, Victor Avala, who ran the, um, you know, the, the uh, trafficking from out of, Oh, where was he out of? He was out of Mexico. I think he was out of Monterey, Mexico. He, and I had him on my show, he was an FBI or, uh, no, he was a DHS um, officer that ran it out of um, 
uh, Mexico, and he ended up getting shot. It's a whole story in his in and of itself. But he was focused on taking down traffickers. He said if they got too close to people in power, they were told to stand down. And that is a story that is repeated everywhere. You're told to stand down. If you, now you can take down their their competition, and they encourage people taking down their, the pedophiles that are their competition. And every so often you get an Epstein that is is their main deal, one of their main deals. There's a lot more Epsteins out there. That's just the tip of the iceberg. According to Rothstein, that's just the t- I was at his house the moment that at the moment we learned that Epstein was was killed or committed suicide and we talked a lot about that and he said yeah that that's just the tip of the iceberg there's so many things like that going on everywhere but so every once in a while you get like an epstein character being taken down that is part of their system but in general they they only support uh, their co- their competition being taken down, and that's why it's flourishing. That's why it's growing. Online, it's grown five thousand percent. You know, th- the number of pornography online, the kids being trafficked. Paul Hutchinson, who is one of the executive producers of that film, and he was actually the billionaire fund manager in real life that funded the the nightclub takedown in the movie, and it's a much deeper, richer situation that than was portrayed in the film because he was still undercover at the time. And that's why his name isn't really all over it. Uh, but it, 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 I don't even know what I was saying. What was I saying, Dave? <laughs> You've gone down a lot of avenues here, but uh, this is... I go down a lot of avenues. <laughs> There's so much here I could go on and on. I have covered so much over the years yeah, you know, from Ukraine, of uh, you know, they launder babies through Ukraine. I mean, it's just there's so much here. I know it, it's, uh, you know, the two things that people don't talk about, and we're not going to get into this one today, but organ trafficking, which is rampant, and also child sex trafficking, which is related. When kids when kids no longer serve their purpose, a lot of them have their organs taken. There's, there's absolutely no question that that's going on um the breaker report is something that you and i've talked about on air before and for those who aren't familiar with that very quickly it's uh the work of a man who did rico investigations for the government for over 30 years and yet the mainstream media says not qualified conspiracy theorists and they haven't looked at one allegation but one of the allegations (coughs) is the money laundering in fake real estate deals with phony mortgage companies by the Sinaloa cartel working hand-in-hand with officials in 26 different states, including my state of Arizona. And one of the things that surfaces from that is how this is also funneled into child sex trafficking. And some of these funds from child sex trafficking are laundered through these phony real estate deals. Uh, And and I just want to back up and just take a a 30,000-foot view. In my state, several of the top politicians are mentioned in this Brager report. Do you think that they're mostly connected, or some of them, just a few of them, are connected to the child sex trafficking? Well, I don't think the majority of people want to be directly connected to this. I think the majority of the people are blackmailed in some way, shape, or form 
in this, you know, they're drugged, wake up with a child. They like to promote pedophiles. It's amazing that this, that there are so many pedophiles that exist. You know, it's just, uh, we talked about this last week where we talked about how Minnesota put through a new legislation. We at the Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts and help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at the TV, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TheCommonSenseShow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call buryyourgold.com and what it does is it goes into a container you lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches it's a 50-year warranty on the device it only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground and you can keep it for safekeeping and i'll tell you this is the way to hide your gold not in false walls but underground will be very very difficult to detect to find out more Go to BarrierGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee. Did you know that the World Economic Forum now, they in the last meeting they convened, they actually had a water board there with water experts, and they tell us our water is in danger and they have to take control of our water. Does that bother anybody? I'm sure it does. And I begin thinking right now about water safety. And we already know there's lead in the water, chemicals in the water. A lot of it's not safe to drink. But we have the answer for you. It's called the Alexa Pure Pro Water Filter. It's the best there is. And scientifically, they leave nothing to doubt as they publish their research at waterwithdave.com. And it's my choice for water filtration. Gravity powered. It reduces 206 contaminants. It targets heavy metals, fluoride, chlorine, and viruses. It is the best there is in the business. And you can read all the research on this simply by going to water with dave.com that's water with dave.com save eighty dollars for a short time legislation to make pedophilia a protected class there are more pedophiles than we realize that walk amongst us it's just they can't admit it in public you know it's not something you can admit to but I still think that a lot of those people don't want to have any association with it, and they're just blackmailed in some way, shape, or form associated with it. And they know that they need to support it or protect it just to keep their career going. I don't, I don't think that when I say 80 to 90 percent of people are blackmailed and, you know, based on pedophilia or something serious, I don't think they're all involved. I think they just are, know that they need to support it and, you know, be behind it. So I think that's part of what you're seeing. It's, you know, here the Biden administration, and this is an impeachable offense in my opinion, they say they can't account for 85,000 migrant children. Do you believe that most of these children have been trafficked in, into this uh, industry? 
I think that it's a combination of they just have terrible uh, reporting because the reporting is terrible on purpose so they can traffic. And so I, I think a, a, a decent percentage are just in the child protective services, which is a terrible broken system itself where uh, so many kids are taken from. But the lack of reporting is why they're able to get away with it. I, I know we talked about last, a couple weeks ago again, where um, the extreme abortion laws that it went through Minnesota, one of the things that they, the law did is it reduced the reporting. So you can't tell how many people died, how many people, you know, how many children died or babies were killed, how, or injuries, what ones were born alive, how many mothers died. They don't want to track any of that. That's the law now. They got rid of all of that. And the reason they do that is so they can get away with things. When the tracking goes away, you got to... Not that I want everybody to be tracked. That's not the thing. But when you're talking about kids coming out of the border and Child Protective Services, when the reporting and tracking of that is terrible, then you know that they're trying to cover something up. Just like in with the abortion thing. If you don't know how many people people are injured and died you know now they're having um doctors no longer have to perform the surgeries and then they're not tracking then you know that there's something more there i am not an advocate of tracking on things that aren't relevant you know that just so that we have no freedom i am not saying that but in these cases we and their children for god's sake we need to have a good handle on what's going on well, we really do. Um, I, I want to share with you a story that came out of Arizona about this. Uh, I don't remember the time frame. I'm going to say three to five years ago. But it involved uh, two state senators. One of them was a state senator in charge of uh, Child Protective Services in Arizona. And um, this was um, a very disturbing case. It made the media, as a matter of fact. A guy by the name of McFarland. Uh, both a, a senator said, I want to know where the 500 missing kids are from CPS. And he made a big deal about it. And then later he made an announcement to the press, and I'm just going to say what he said because I have no idea if this really happened or not. But he said that the head of that committee, Sue Brophy, threatened his life. If he went down this avenue any further, he was putting his life at risk. And, yeah, and, that's and he that's them. And he went to the media about this, and they published it. Yeah, oh wow. In the Arizona that's Republic, I, I was shocked. The Arizona Republic is about as liberal as the L.A. Times or New York Times, but they uh, they published this, and uh, they kind of painted him as a kook. But anyone who has ever looked at CPS knows what they're really all about. And as a consequence, here, this story got a little limelight. Now, here's what's interesting. It disappeared like someone flipped a switch. That's my point, yes. And the media, it's just incredible how much they're controlled. It's the same thing. It's two edges of the same coin. And anybody who is serious in our business, like you, you know, you, you, you see that and you figure it out. Yeah, I, I, hear, I hear what you're saying. And this is, this is absolutely uh, amazing to me. That this happened now is McFarland's allegations true? Well, let's put it this way: if in this instance it's not true, it's typical of what's happened in other states. 
So. Well, I gotta tell you, you know, D- Detective Rostein, he, over the years, he's had different journalists come and wanna, um, do reports with him, interviews. And he's like, you're the first one that would actually sit with me and stay with me and not just run off. Because the ones that have, there have been a couple that have done interviews over the years before the internet, they completely lost their career. You know, they no longer can be a journalist. And he even had uh, uh, different police chiefs in, there was a police chief in Minneapolis that worked with him. Because Minneapolis is, or Minnesota is the second um, highest grossing source of human trafficking. Um, so it just tells you there's something seriously wrong there. And we're not the highest populated and we're still the second highest number. But the police chief there wanted to help and got involved and he ended up losing his career. They smeared him. He lost his um, retirement. I mean, just all sorts of terrible things happened to people in the past who've actually stood up and said, this is enough. And we're hoping that, you know, a movie like this and and the consciousness of the people can rise enough that we demand it. We say enough. And so people don't lose their careers for doing the right thing. I mean, this isn't. This is. This is why we're seeing what we're. This is why the Bidens are in the White House because this is the rot that's everywhere all over this country. You, you wouldn't. A, a family like that wouldn't rise to be in the White House unless we had corruption that was so deep and horrible that would allow it. Well, I totally agree with what you're saying, um, and I and I'm not bringing this up to be scandalous. But uh, James O'Keefe has as much credibility in my book as anybody that's out there right now. He's taken enormous risks, and of course, uh, big money came in and stole Project Veritas from him and ousted him from these investigations, and that followed the revelation that Pfizer knew what they were doing was killing people with their vaccine, and this guy had basically admitted to it on tape, and then James O'Keefe was suddenly gone. But what's interesting, too, is James O'Keefe had another case cross his desk, but he chose not to act on it. And it was the diary of um, Biden's daughter who claimed that Daddy used to shower with her. Yep. And I'm sure you recall this case. Um, yep. and, and, uh, and we know about Hunter Biden's proclivities. Um, we have, in my opinion, a pedophile running the country. I, I think we probably do. I, I interviewed, I did a, I did an article and I posted it on my Substack that is that did a review of sh- the movie, and then also talked about the realities of of um, human trafficking, the real realities, some of it relating to the movies, and then I talked about my journey. It's the first in a series I'm going to start writing because I've been asked to be doing this, you know, to, to just document what I've been doing over the years. And there was an interview I did with, I call him Scott the Survivor. He didn't want his real name out there. It was the first time he was going public. If you listen to that, that that's the most heart-wrenching interview I've ever done. And in that interview, we talked about people in public office, whether they are pedophiles or not. And he, he parroted the same thing. He didn't parrot it. He repeated it from his own experience that um, the majority of the people in public office are also pedophiles. He And he was in California, and he saw a lot of the people he saw at these abuse events, you know, different events sure. that he as a child had to participate in. A lot of the people on television he recognized at these events. And 
he one of the things I asked him was about Biden, whether he thought he was a pedophile, and he went into detail why he thought Biden was a pedophile based on he said when you're abused for years like I was and you're in it you you start to recognize who the pedophiles are and I've heard this in a numerous from numerous victims they say the same thing they can tell they can now spot pedophiles just like someone who's gay or something can spot another gay person like I don't know who's gay but uh, someone who's gay they just know they know based on they sometimes they're wrong right we can't say they're always right but the majority of the time they know who uh, who other gay people are who other lesbians are um it's kind of the same thing with pedophiles they know cuz there's certain behaviors there's certain things they do um i don't know and i've heard that from many <coughs> and biden from them is a pedophile well, the fruit doesn't fall far from the tree. Yeah. You know what was else was interesting, Scott said? Scott, the survivor, it's not his real name. He said that uh, the WikiLeaks file, remember when Obama put an email out that said that the they had that fundraiser thing? And that they had, they're going to have kids, they said their names, or their ages, like they're going to be 8, 9, and 12 or something in the hot tub for your inter- for your entertainment. That was put in an email by Obama, and it was in a, um, uh, for a fundraising event that they were going to do. Scott said that his father was for the Democrat Party. He said it was both parties that participated, but his father happened to be with the Democrat Party. This was back in the 70s. And he said that um, his dad used to do fundraisers uh, for the Democrat Party. And he was, I think he was nine or something at that time when the, he remembered one, he was talking about one party he was at. But what happens at these parties is after the party people stay around afterwards the pedophiles and the real perverts stay around after the fundraiser and they have their own secondary party where they abuse children and he said that 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 email is true that's what they do and he he's they got really graphic on some of the things that these they would do to these little ones and he was I think he was nine or ten and he said that since he was more experienced than the nine-year-olds would would mentor the seven-year-olds and and make sure that they felt okay and, and safe and that they were going to be okay because it was so traumatic and i'm sitting there thinking of nine-year-old mentoring and protecting a seven-year-old from this because it was so horrible sarah <laughs> I, I maintain there is no protection and let me tell you the stories i've come across some of these are from people in law enforcement. Um, one person I'd love to get on my show, he just won't, he's afraid to go public because it would mean his life, in his words. But sure. what I've heard from him and from others like him is that um, with regard to these kids, many of them, I don't know how many, I don't know what percentage, but many of them, when they have outlived their usefulness in terms of aging, then they are. Uh, Taken, oh, yes. taken to places like Epstein Island, and they're hunted. Uh, yes. In other words, in the, which they're the game. They're the, it's like hunting an animal, only they're hunting a child, and um, they do that. And then there's the organ extractions, uh, and they get into the organ trafficking with these kids. Uh, how much of that have you come across? 
I've come across a lot of it. Uh, you know, the the situation with the seven and nine year olds. This, Scott again said that um, that most of the kids didn't make it alive in the end. You know, through if they were repeatedly, most of them would die, or a lot of them would die. He said the only reason he was kept alive was because his dad was. It was actually his stepfather was powerful in that he was the one doing the recruiting so that's why he was kept alive um but as far as the next steps i've heard they go as far as using every ounce of their it we're it's a cattle you know how a, a cow is used for everything every every aspect of the cow is used and then you know the skin is used for making leather jackets or whatever the same thing with children all the way down to burning their ashes. Their ashes are even used for stuff. I don't remember what their ashes were used for, but that's what I've heard. I, um, you know, sometimes when I hear some of that, it's so awful that I won't dive into it more. I'm like, it makes sense. These people are absolutely evil, and I could see them at doing that, turning it into a complete business operation. But it's not something that I went and did more research on to vet it because it was too awful. Well, I think they have to kill these kids because if they let them go and they were no longer um, minors that would attract adults, they can't have witnesses out there testifying. Well, that's one thing. I just think, they, what do you do with the kid that's that broken? You know, they they just, they're, they're dead anyways. I mean, they... they, they they're raped and abused five to ten times a day, up to twenty times a day for years, and, t- and they use them until they're dead. I- the Common Sense Show is proud to be able to bring you some very special deals for my pillow. For example, they've got half off my pillow bed sheets, more than half off their slippers, their sandals, their mattresses, their topper covers, women's lingerie. Now, they have extremely great products, as you all know. Ladies and gentlemen, right now go to mypillow.com backslash Hodges. Use the coupon code Hodges to take advantage of these great opportunities. Mypillow.com backslash Hodges, coupon code Hodges. My understanding is the lifespan is only about two years. Yeah, interesting. I've heard similar facts and figures. The prized ones, though, that bring the high dollar um, are kept alive longer, is what I understand, for obvious reasons. It's economic. I wanted to run this by you, too, and kind of an offshoot of this. Um, do I really want to say this on the air? <laughs> Um, we had some, it's so hard. We, had, we had some dealings with a high-profile CEO. Someday I'll come real public with this, but um, I'll say who it is. It's Ken Lay. And um, I was involved in a group where we wanted to bring out Tesla technology. And this goes back to Epstein. So this is why I'm kind of going a convoluted route here, but I want to get your reaction to this. Um I was on a conference call one time, and Ken Lay was on the call with his uh, subordinates, and he was joking about the technology. They were going to set up a community in the San Luis Valley in Colorado and have it powered by Tesla-type technology. He says, well, we all better have our kill switches in place, meaning we have evidence planted around the world that if they come after us, it gets released. And uh, that's clearly what he meant. And then he ostensibly committed suicide when he was in the middle of being prosecuted. And his company did nothing wrong. They just 
got into a field that they wanted to suppress. I mean, after all, the Tesla files were seized in 1943, and they still haven't been released to this day. And he was violating that provision, and I'm surprised that myself and my colleagues were left alone in this, but we were. Um, what I really believed and what we knew amongst ourselves is Ken Lay never committed suicide. Um, oh, I'm with sure. Jeffrey Epstein, he would have been a damn fool not to have kill switches on everybody. So I don't believe he's dead for that reason. That's an interesting thing. Yeah, I had uh, De Souza, that's his name. He was an FBI um He's actually the X-File, what the X-Files were based on. John DeSouza, he came on my show and talked about Epstein. And he said that um, he wasn't dead. That the, Or he didn't say that. He said that the gurney, the person on the gurney was not Epstein. And that we don't, the body that they portrayed as Epstein was not Epstein. He was, I don't know if he's dead or not, but that wasn't him. And and he says that for a fact, and and it, because the ears weren't the same. I mean, you can't in the video if the ears aren't the same, it's not him. Period. End of story. And that's what he said. And he said the best researcher was the best researcher. These Reddit Reddit guys that are just digging into every single detail. He goes, I looked at all their stuff, and and he's like, they're absolutely right. He came up with a protocol for determining uh, what is for the FBI that they still use today and how to do this kind of uh, analysis. And so he, he's not a schmuck. You know, he's he's a legit person that was very highly respected in the FBI when it came to this stuff. And that's what he told me on my show. So, But he didn't, see, uh, he didn't say whether he's alive now or not, but he sure wasn't killed that way, and that wasn't his body. Yeah, I don't think Maxine has the um, same protection. Um, I'm surprised she's still alive. But there's no way Epstein was killed. Too, too much information on too many people. And, and well, don't she you- has that same info, which is kind of weird. And she is the daughter of Maxwell, the, I can't remember his first name, who was a double agent. He was the real deal. He was a complete creep, too. Yeah, yeah. listen, I... I I think she's one step removed from the kill switches. I've had this discussion with a friend of mine in Intel, and, and he thinks she's not as protected. I tend to agree with that, but she's still alive, so obviously she has some protection. But I, I've never believed that uh, Epstein was killed. But here's more to the point of Epstein. With all the court cases that have come out, the lawsuits, you know, the, the wrongful enslavement and this kind of thing, sex trafficking by the victims... The lists are never released. The judges, oh, so the judges all hang on to the lists. Yeah, I, I, John Mark Dugan, who has asylum in Russia, is a friend of mine, and he's been on my show numerous <coughs> times. We talk a lot. He actually spoke at the last censored conference. If people want to see it, he's spoken Act One. It's now public now. But he had all the Epstein. He was a sheriff deputy in Palm Spring. Flor- County, Florida, or Palm, what is it? The, you know where I mean. Palm Beach. Palm, Palm, yeah. Palm Beach County, yes, in Florida. And he, where Epstein resided, and he was working with whistleblowers at the time. He used to be a sheriff deputy. He was an ex-Marine. He's a great guy. 
but he was working with whistleblowers and the sheriff, the local sheriffs gave him, the local law enforcement gave him the videotapes. He didn't know what they were at the time. They gave him, they said, can you please keep these for safe keepings with all your other whistleblower testimony? So he had copies of all that stuff. He has copies of all the original Epstein tapes. He ended up giving it to the FBI and he still has the copies. And because uh, I asked him, why aren't you going to release it? Because he, he, people were pissed that he didn't release this information. And he's like, well, I'm going to get killed. He goes, what I have is a is um, a, a dead man switch. He has ten people with copies of it, and if he gets killed, they're all going to release it. But he said, I gave it to the FBI. He's like, they have everything. He goes, why do I have to? You know they should be doing this, and I don't. You don't have to agree with them or not. I don't know. Everybody has their opinion on this. And he said, "I want to stay alive for my family." So I don't know. That's the facts there. And he sat there. There was the, how I learned about it is MI6, and this is where I first started working with him. Is MI6 tipped off the Times of London, and then they did a story on it. And um. And so then a journalist flew out there, an independent journalist flew out there and sat with them. And they went through and looked at about 10 of these videos. And the videos, most of them were um, underage girls having, men having sex with underage girls on camera. There was one with a girl that was taking a shower, which is shitty, but it was. And then the... um, I asked him, do you recognize any of the people in the videos? And he said that he recognized two. And one of them was the head of MSNBC at the time. And, which I think is a complete bombshell, you know, but the, that's the level of people that were in those videos. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say. This, the, that's pretty serious. It, that was a serious blackmail setup situation. And it's exactly what we talked about at the beginning of this conversation. Yeah. Um, this goes back to the Brager report, too. The um, the sex trafficking cases in Arizona are really submerged. And the only way you can do it is with the judges. And here's what came out in the Brager report. And people need to hear this and hear this clearly. Lawyers are recruited from this laundered money, from these phony real estate deals, and the lawyers then become judges, and they're owned. This is why, this yep. is kind of a sidebar here, but this is why you'll never have a successful uh, voter fraud case. You can have overwhelming evidence. I'll give you just one short example. In the election of 2022 with Carrie Lake versus Katie Hobbs, Katie Hobbs was the um, Secretary of State. She should have recused herself. You can't run an election of which you're a participant in. That's a violation of federal and state law, but she did. She threatened counties who said they were going to do hand counts of the machines' uh, totals to verify the results, which is not illegal. You have to use the machines, but there's nothing that says you can't validate the counts through a hand count. And she threatened these county officials with prison. And then when two of the counties balked at at, uh, certifying the election because of all the problems in Maricopa County, in which 60% of the voting machines failed upon opening in heavy Republican areas, they said, we're not going to certify this election, and she threatened them again. And so this goes to court. Conflict of interest before the first judge that heard the first Cary Lake lawsuit, and he threw out the counts. He just threw them out. Uh, And see, that to me is a judge that's on the take. That's absolutely right. 
the the judges are in on it. That's why when we went to court again, you know, in district, we went to the circuit court, made it to that level. Uh, you're sen- you're in your censorship not- case, right? Our censorship yes. against Google. Mm-hmm. And we went to the Ninth Circuit, and we had all these weird things happen in the court case, and they it was like they rushed the decision before the Twitter files came out. Usually those cases take two and a half months at least. Ours came out in four weeks, and no judge signed it. It was as if they just parroted Google's case. It was the weirdest thing. They claimed that there was there's no evidence the government was involved at all and it was pretty much ridiculous that they could be and that you can't ever try this again because there's no chance the government would be involved. They rushed it out before the Twitter files which proved the government was involved. It's like to me that just smells of complete corruption. I think, you know, the Kerry Lake one is the most obvious for corruption. It's it's more obvious to me than Trump was, although Trump was really obvious. Kerry Lake was as obvious as it possibly could get. I mean, you guys have a fraud walking around as a government as a governor. Oh, yeah, in your listen state. to this to the topic of what you're talking about. I want you just to hear who the two top officials in Arizona are. You've got Katie Hobbs, who ran a uh, campaign from her basement, refused to uh, debate, and she wins, and she breaks all kinds of laws where she interfered in her own election. And her husband's involved in the transgender industry. Those are the allegations. Now, that's not illegal. It's not illegal, and I want to make sure people hear this. But everything she does is transgender this, gay this, lesbian that, and and she's doing it to the extreme, not protecting the civil rights of every individual in the inner state, which you should do as a public official, but putting people on a pedestal above everybody else and throwing money at the at, at a perceived problem that doesn't exist. Uh, these people are not being persecuted. Um, there's individual cases of abuse, uh, I'm sure, and prejudice. But that happens That happens with everything. But yeah. it's not yeah. a problem. That's what I'm saying. But listen to this. Her husband's involved in the transgender situation. The Secretary of State, Adrian Fontes, got booted from his position in Maricopa County Clerk and Recorder for botching elections and, and allegations of impropriety. Um, he... Um, tried. He was involved as a trial defense lawyer for the Fast and Furious cartel members that killed Agent Brian Terry. He defended those people. And and uh, Paul Preston tells me, and I'm just repeating the story as Paul told me, that in California, uh, Adrian Fontes is heavily involved as a lawyer with the uh, cartels in the casino. Are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Spoken with. Um, and that takes you into the, the vein of sex trafficking. You, it really does. And we know that sex trafficking profits are laundered through the Sinaloa phony real estate deals. The Sinaloas are controlled by China. Fentanyl trafficking, it's all one big corruption mess. And in Arizona, if you're a top politician, there's a very good chance that you're either owned by China, owned by the cartels or both, and you're involved in... If you're not involved in election fraud and child sex trafficking, you're covering for those who are. Yeah, and China's China's have every major power is more heavily involved than they realize. The World Economic Forum, all those guys, the Davos crowd. I mean, I you know Dave Janda, he went and did a vacation in um, Davos, Switzerland, and he talked to some of the people that were there. It was it was off season, so it wasn't when the actual. Um, 
big conference with all the World Economic Forum people were there. And he talked to all the people that, you know, the, the waitresses and the, the people who work in the hotel. And and he asked them about what it's like working during that time. And he was saying that they started talking and they don't like those people. He says it's they're, it, it gets flooded. It's about a five to one ratio of like prostitutes and all these people coming in to service these guys off hours. He says it's like one big sex romp. So I think that it's not just China and it's our it's it's everywhere. The important thing is figuring out what we got to figure out. Who controls who and is it just a mutual powerful relationship that the Chinese and these globalists, you know? I don't know. I think the corruption is so deep and so scarred that they, they've they worked to corrupt one way or the other. The corruption on the top of China, you know, the, the Chinese Communist Party, CCP, is connected to these World Economic Forum people, and they all use this. We know that their religion is this weird pagan backwards religion, this devolved, because there are paganists who are pretty good people who are who would defend it to the end that this is just a peaceful earth connected religion so when I say paganism I'm not talking about those people I'm talking like this devolved paganism that came from the time of you know thousands of years ago where they sacrificed kids and when the Roman church took this over they never got rid of that religion the the Caesars and the, the most powerful people of that time kept their religion. They weren't just going to get rid of their religion and, and take on Christianity. No, they kept their religion and then just put it in, in high, hit it. And they followed it to this day. And these very wealthy, powerful families still practice that. And they sacrifice children and they do these crazy things. And it's all connected. They, Mao was put in place by these guys, these yeah. bankers. So Mao, the Chinese Communist Party was put in place by these central bankers. And so now what is that connection and what does that mean to today? And have, have has the Chinese Communist Party grown out to be its own power fighting against the central bankers? Or are they the tool for the central bankers to bring communism or actually technocracy to the world so they can have their one world government that they can control? It's a good question for Patrick Wood. That's a great question, and I'm going to bring it up to him. Let me tell you what I have learned. And again, I'm going to defer back to Paul Preston on this. Paul Preston started talking to me for, gosh, 13, 14, excuse me, 13, 14 years ago about the Jesuits. And uh, interestingly enough, here in Arizona back in 2020, there was a case where the Jesuits at uh, Brophy College Prep and related church were accused of sex abuse of minors. And you know that's a precursor to what we're talking about. Um, And what Paul says, the Jesuits control a lot of this stuff. He says, if you want to understand the corrupt power base in California, you have to look inside the Jesuits. And, he, and, I, and if you were to ask me, Sarah, and I think you just nailed it with the, the Catholic uh, descendants and where this comes from, 
uh, it's the Jesuits. I do believe Paul's correct from what I've looked at. When he first told me that, I thought, wow, Paul, that's kind of extreme. Are you just anti-Catholic or, or what? And as I looked into it further, I started to find there was merit to his allegations. And then I see confirmation of this all the time. And who houses children in large numbers with border crossers? The Jesuits. I don't think that's an accident. Um, so you ask me, who is this? Well, in other words, you want, you're talking about a pyramidal power structure. That's the question you asked. I don't know that I can fully answer that question, but what I have found is the Jesuits are at the central part of all of it, and I think historically they started it. Whether or not they still control it, I'm not sure. Because we have the Clinton Foundation. When I looked at uh, what was going on in Ukraine in 2014, I found the Clinton Foundation was involved in uh, gun running, drug running, and child sex trafficking. So that's pretty high up. And we know the government of Ukraine is involved in trafficking kids. Uh, a lot of governments are. I, I, you ask a good question about the pyramid of power. Um, I gotta believe the costs are probably underwritten by the Bank of International Settlements that control all the central banks. And certainly an advocate of this would be the World Economic Forum, the UN. Those are, I think, are the cast of suspects. I think so too. And, and the question is, is, cause blackmail is the currency of the powerful. They control people. Money controls a certain amount of people, but when you get into this really deep, dark stuff, they have to resort to blackmail. And the question is, and that's how the Bidens are all controlled, I think, is, well, they're kind of shallow people, so money helps them go, but they're blackmailed. And the the question is, is the Chinese Communist Party, have they broken from that to become their own power base, or are they still controlled? And is there really one hierarchy? I mean, I, I don't, you know, human beings are human beings, so there's probably a big power jockeying going on all the time. And when there is world wars, maybe that is when those power structures shift a bit. I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, I think you're on to something when you ask that question about China. But we know that the cartels traffic like crazy, and who controls the cartels? China. So I believe China is involved in two things here. You know, they have a domestic current. Okay, we have been uh, cut off for the yep. second time in our interview with Sarah Westall. Um, not to be deterred, we're continuing. Folks, if you think this is a coincidence that um, we're cut off here from each other as we're talking about this topic, um, let's put it this way. I know I'm heavily monitored. I'm sure that Sarah is too. And uh, they decided they just don't want you to hear this, and they're trying to cause discontinuity. The thing is, is we can splice all this together. We, we have about six minutes of airtime left, and um, we're doing this. But anyway, Sarah, as I was starting to say, I was making an analogy of the Chinese currency, domestic and foreign. I believe their uh, their trafficking practices, their organ trafficking practices as well. I think there's the intramural China that controls it within their own boundaries, but I believe they're used as agents of export, and they help monitor and control the sex trafficking trade as evidenced by their control of the cartels and what they're into. Yeah, I think you're right. Well, we know that the... Um uh, the religious practice it wasn't a religious practice the Falun Gong 
um, they it was more of a, a med- spiritual. They're meditators, yeah. Mm-hmm. Meditators, but they were the healthiest ones in the country. We know that their organs, they were huge organ trafficking. They were using them alive and getting those organs out. So you know that they were doing all that, and they still are. I mean, you got people are people everywhere. Um, but the question is, is it a mutual power? power-based situation is there a hierarchy above it i i don't i don't know i haven't figured that out that's something that i ask almost everybody that i talk to and no one that i've talked to has other than jesse Saboter, which i don't know that's a whole nother topic um like people who actually get into the cult occult stuff who have been in that that weird satanist cult that these high-level people they claim to know what the hierarchy is but the People who are out of that, who are researching it, no one that I've run across has uh, has a de- definitive answer. They're all kind of like where I'm at or where you're at, where we're not really quite sure. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, to the power structure, though, and you really asked an important question. Uh, if I were to make a guess to, I would say they would do what intelligence agencies do. They layer it, it's compartmentalized, need-to-know basis, and one part of the trade doesn't know necessarily what the other part of the trade is doing. Let me show you just how embedded this is, though. I interviewed a guy um, named uh, John Cruz, and he was a former senior VP of HSBC Bank. Hong Kong, Shanghai, yeah, you get the idea. Anyway, HSBC Bank, as he found out, was running boiler operations for money laundering. And he thought, oh my gosh, this is going on. Now, he was an Army veteran, worked his way up the ranks, senior VP at HSBC Bank in New York. And he went out and he says, I'm going to have to investigate this. I'm not doing my job if I don't. And so he went out and he found these boiler room operations. And he found out they were laundering money for people like the Clintons. And James Comey was working for HSBC in uh, the UK at the time, and he was part of this operation as well. Well, he got all this evidence, and his bosses said, you're going to drop it. Drop it now. And he refused to drop it, and they fired him. So he started, uh, he accumulated dead dead man switches, and he started going to various agencies, DHS, the FBI didn't want to touch him. Eventually, he went to the Southern District of New York and their chief federal prosecutor, and she said, oh, yeah, yeah, you got something here. Because if you don't do this, I'm going to the media, and I got more than enough. And so they prosecuted HSBC Bank on the lesser of all charges, nothing to do with sex trafficking, uh, <laughs> illegal illegal money movement and so forth. They fined him $4 million. And that person was Loretta Lynch, or as I like to call her, Loretta Lynch Mob, who became the Attorney General for the United States under uh, Obama. So uh, it's interesting how one hand washes the other in this. It's just oh, yeah, incredible. it's all connected. It, it truly is. But I think what we've done here in this interview is we've connected sex trafficking, organ trafficking, the drug trafficking is part of this, the gun running. It's all one big happy family. And uh, when you go to HSBC Bank, Wells Fargo has been tar- tar- excuse me, targeted in some of this as well too. Um, it, it's in our power structure. We, What I have learned through my work, Sarah, is we're one big criminal enterprise. That's right. Um, yep, and you we, look at J.P. Morgan, and exactly, yep. exactly right. Sarah, you did a, you've done a series of conferences of which I was proud to be a member of on um, censorship. 
and we got about uh, one minute here, and I'd like to give you uh, a chance here to tell people how they can follow your good work, but also to promote this conference. Oh, yeah. We have Act 3 coming up at the end of July, July 28th and 29th. Paul Hutchinson, who's one of the executive producers, you know, the billionaire fund manager from The Sound of, of Freedom movie, he's going to be speaking. We have Paul Valley, who is an expert, military expert on uh, PSYOPs, and he ran half the country, um, Hawaii and the whole western part of the country for the U.S. Army. He's, uh, he's speaking. We have... Uh, uh, LaRouche, Helga Zepp LaRouche, who's number one on the Ukrainian hit list, she's speaking. <coughs> the point of the censored conference is to get censored voices out there, censored topics out there, um, uh, topics that you don't hear in the mainstream media, and there's so many of them. And so that's what the goal of this conference is, is to have a base where we bring a collection. You know, these people, you can find them all over the place, but it's a collection of these censored topics in in a format where you can go and you can hear this where you just won't hear it elsewhere no I, in that I, I totally agree you don't hear it elsewhere send people to your Substack and your website and so forth okay yes yeah, sorry i i should be doing that unitedforfreespeech.com is where you go to learn about that my Substack and my website sarahwestall.com and sarahwestall.substack.com and i caved and i created a new youtube channel <laughs> no, no, I you did. You. I can't believe you did. Okay, all right. I was so, it's my third channel. I've gotten canceled multiple times, but I said, you know, if 90% of the world is on there, I gotta, I have to at least, I, I don't know. Dave, I don't know. I, hear you. I, I listen, kicked myself. Whatever it takes to get the word out. I totally agree with what you're doing. Sarah, the time has flown by, and despite the two interferences from the powers that be that don't want this information out, we made it through, we got the word out, and I think there's more educated people right now knowing that they live under a total criminal enterprise. Ladies and gentlemen, if we don't stand up, we're not going to have anything to stand up for. Sarah, thanks for joining us, and to everybody else, we'll see you back here again next time. We at The Common Sense Show have a great TV show. We bring in a panel of experts to help people navigate the uncharted waters that we're living in. Because what once was coming is no longer coming. It's already here, and we're getting you the help so you can make better decisions for your future. You can find us at TheCommonSenseShow.tv, commercial-free, censorship-free, and we're getting five-star ratings on the world's major platforms. Again, check us out today at TheCommonSenseShow.tv. Every knowledgeable person knows that when you have gold, you've protected your wealth. But what if the government one day wanted to confiscate your gold so they can gain total control, knowing that one day the smoke will clear and gold will be perfectly available, and that's happened all throughout history. So what you need to do is, in the interim, hide your gold. You can do that by burying it. You can go down about 12 inches, and that's all you're going to need to do. And we have a product that we call BarryYourGold.com. And what it does is it goes into a container. You lower it in the ground with a hole you've dug up to 12 inches. It's a 50-year warranty on the device. It only weighs 17 pounds to pull it out of the ground. And you can keep it for safekeeping. And I'll tell you, this is the way to hide your gold. Not in false walls, but underground will be very, very difficult to detect. To find out more, go to BarryYourGold.com. The product is fully guaranteed with a money-back guarantee.